Have you ever experienced the feeling of being alone and not having a community? How can we build an atmosphere of inclusion and greater understanding? Brooklyn-based artist Elliot Lee fuses dark pop melodies with edgy vocals and innovative electronic rock soundscapes to create an unpredictable sound, acting as a voice for the voiceless. Elliot holds an awareness of what music that is unhindered by norms can do for the underrepresented. Inspired by the feeling of loneliness, Elliot's music acts as a reminder that you are never alone. Their new single, Easy To Be You, is released in celebration of Pride Month. The song is about struggling with self-image and identity expression as a queer person. It's meant to encapsulate the sometimes self-imposed ebb and flow of femininity and masculinity that many of us experience and also to portray the frustration that comes with seeing other people seem to fit so easily and comfortably into those categories. Elliot Lee, welcome to The Creative Process. Hello, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us during Pride Month. You have a new single out, Easy To Be You. I find the energy is very interesting and it's very intimate. I cut my hair and threw away my dresses To change the way that everybody guesses But boys don't want someone like me around And honestly, I don't fit in their crowd You don't understand how it feels Cause it's so easy to be To fit into a standard, but that's not me, and really, I can't stand her. It's so emotional, and yet it has a really strong baseline. So it builds from this vulnerability. Can you just impact for us how the song came about? How did you arrive at it? Well, I really wanted to make a song that was a little more personal and, I guess, intimate, like you said, because a lot of music is kind of upbeat and dancey and super fun, even though it has a lot of darker lyrics. But I wanted to make a song that's kind of more of a ballad, and I think it was just the right way for me to portray what I was feeling about my gender experience. When I I'm writing when I'm putting the lyrics down it's kind of like a journal where I feel it really strongly in the moment and it's like whatever I feel whatever needs to come off my chest in that moment is what I write down and sometimes I have to listen back and I'm like I wrote that really <laughs> it's surprising sometimes because then I'm out of the headspace and it's a new me so when I wrote it it's what I was really feeling in the moment and it all kind of is just like a journal entry I guess of the struggles I was facing in the moment and that I always face but I was feeling it extra big that day and because of this intimacy involved in it I guess it's only completed when it's performed. And so when you have to, as you say, in effect, it's a journal set to music. Is that difficult for you or liberating? Yeah, it can be both. The very first time it was a little scary. And sometimes when I was on tour performing it, I was in places in the South where I wasn't sure if I was going to be accepted, what I was saying. But it's mostly liberating because whenever I perform it, I get to look at the crowd and see people reacting to it. And I see people who I can tell feel it deeply. And that means a lot to me because I can see the emotion on their faces. And that really keeps me motivated to keep performing and talking about these things because it's just a nice little moment that I can have with these people who maybe understand what I'm going through. 
Exactly. I don't know how far back the events or the moment in time that you're describing in the song, but when one is young, you can think that you're quite alone. And it's nice to have this collective emotional release to see that others are struggling with this and that not everyone has it sorted out. They can seem it on the surface, but that often covers a lot of things. Yeah, definitely. For sure, I struggle a lot with feeling of being alone and not having a community. And I did even more as a teenager and stuff. That's kind of what my music is about, is finding those people who get it so you don't feel like you're alone anymore. And that's why I talk about things that maybe I wouldn't talk about outside of music, because in music, it's a safer and easier way to find people who really get it. And so you're openly non-binary, right? You also advocate for autism awareness. How did you find your voice? It's hard to be outspoken. Yeah, I think for me, I just kind of always been outspoken, partially because of my autism, I think, because I just don't really have a filter. And I find that in a lot of my relationships, I overshare sometimes and I talk about things that maybe weren't the right thing to talk about to that person. And I've learned to get better at that. But music has been more of an outlet for me to be okay with saying whatever I want to say. And there aren't really boundaries. So I don't have to worry about that anymore. So in my image, you'd call it, (laughs) I just kind of me, which is nice. I get to just be me and not worry about fitting into society or sitting into what people want me to be. I can overshare and I can advocate for things that mean a lot to me and I can be open about who I am. And since I have this community of people supporting me, then I'm safe doing so. Yeah. And for both, however one identifies oneself, and also for autism, there's a lot of misconceptions. So many. And I often have conversations with people now on relating to autism, where like they're quite outspoken people. and It's not what we've been made mm, to think. Definitely. Yeah, I think autism especially has a lot of misconceptions since it is such a big, wide spectrum of people who are all in different parts. And a lot of the times, all that we see are the ones that maybe people are the most thrown off by, I'd say. People who can't speak or people who have a hard time taking care of themselves in a way that society deems how they should. So that's what we get kind of fed through media and such. And that's what everyone tends to think autism is only just that, which it can be, but that's just one manifestation. And there's a lot of different ways to be autistic. And so I think that's also the reason why it's important to speak up about what autism is for me, because then people who have been struggling their whole lives being like, why am I just like bad at being a person? Maybe they'll see that's a possibility and they'll realize that's maybe why. Yeah. And I've had conversations with people who are older before autism was part of the conversation. They said, if I'd known at the time, I probably would have been diagnosed. And really, it surprised me. The most recent was with he's a television host and he's a mentalist. And then again, that's not fitting into this cliche. I mean, to be a mentalist, you have to be not only aware of your own mind, but reading other people's minds and to be so emotionally connected to be able to put ideas into people's heads. It's so far away from these thankfully antiquated notions regarding autism. Absolutely, I agree. Hopefully one day people will see that it's not just the one stereotype we see on TV and that we're all kind of different and we all have our own place. And you're very articulate, so you're able to find your voice and your talent rides through. I can't see people not having an emotional connection to what you put out there. Was that something that you also had a lot of acceptance from your family? Yeah, so my family has always been very supportive of me in general. That's wonderful. And are they also in the arts? My dad's very into music, but he's not like a professional artist or anything like that. He was just in college. He played bass. And my mom played saxophone as well in high school. So they're both like into music, but they never did it professionally. And as for arts, my mom likes to make stuff, but she's an after school teacher. And my dad is actually an artificial intelligence engineer. So neither of them do that. (laughs) That's just kind of a me thing. 
And growing out of this idea of music as another form of journal and this mm-hmm. strong confessional element of your music, are there some things that you feel that you can only really express in music? I think for me personally, yes, for sure, because I have a hard time opening up to people. And like I said before, I did overshare a lot as a younger person, but then I kind of learned not do that. And now I have a hard time sharing anything sometimes because I'm so afraid that it's all going to be oversharing and it's all going to be the wrong time, wrong place for me to say things. So for a long time, I didn't tell anyone anything about my life at all, things I was struggling with, even people I probably should have, like my family. So I was alone in a lot of my thoughts and a lot of my experiences. And I was like, I'm the only person in the world who experiences this. And it's just me. All these struggles are just me. And so music was kind of my way to open up about that. And that's why it's like an outlet for me, I guess. I find that so interesting. I mean, oversharing, I suppose there's certain moments that one has time to talk about certain things. But also what I see that often is a compulsive honesty. And it's not bad to be honest. I mean, you have to think it might be kind of an insane society that would want you not to be honest, that thinks that honesty and transparency is strange. You might think that the other learned behavior is actually the artificial one that we've learned over the years and that maybe the honest impulse is actually what we're meant to be if we didn't have to fit into these molds and boxes. For sure, I feel that definitely my whole life has been very confused by it. And I get very confused by a lot of social norms that to me make no sense because they're damaging and I think not good for anyone <laughs> to not be honest and stuff. And there's moments to maybe not share your full honesty, like if you're going to hurt somebody, I've learned to be better at that. But other than that, it seems very strange to me that we have to just not be truthful about the way we feel and our thoughts and experiences because people will be going through things and they'll never get to know that they are not alone in it because they're not allowed to talk about it. And if you can't talk about it, then you won't know that other people have experienced it. So I think hopefully society, since I was a kid, has gotten a lot better about that, where we've been sharing more mental health stuff and personal experiences. I think the internet has helped with that. So hopefully it only gets better. I related to Elliot Lee a lot when they said that they struggle with social norms and with oversharing because I definitely have those elements too where I struggle with sharing too much or maybe not sharing enough when I'm talking to a new person or trying to figure out different social norms that are not necessarily obvious to me. I think it's important for people to be as honest as they feel comfortable being. I think that it's important for people to be able to feel comfortable opening up and especially through an art form. And I think that Elliot Lee being able to do so through music is a fantastic way of doing it. I think that it's important for people to be able to open up and share honestly as much as they possibly can, especially experiences that are maybe hard to talk about. Of course, that doesn't mean that they have to share absolutely everything if they don't want to, but if they want to share things that they maybe feel uncomfortable talking about, then they should be able to do that. And you keep a kind of journal. We're interested in how a song accumulates and arrives at the shape it is. If you could take some lyrics and say, oh, that might have come from this. I write a lot of music. I have tons and tons of songs that probably no one will ever hear just because it's like therapy for me almost. I kind of write down a lot of stuff that I'm going through in music and then it ends up not coming out. And so things that haven't come out yet, I will draw from sometimes making a new song. I'll be like, oh, these things I said here, I'm still feeling and I really liked how they sounded in that song. So maybe I'll put them in this situation so then it sounds even better together. I use my iPad to write and I have all these journals in my iPad that have lyrics and stuff in them. So I have tons of stuff that's just in there waiting to be used. In this writing process, how much does place inspire you? Because you live in Brooklyn and New York itself and Brooklyn, it has a particular sound. Does this feed into your music? 
I think definitely New York City in general feeds into my inspiration and in music and where I draw my creativity from because it's such like a fast-paced place and there's so much going on that it is kind of like the whole world right outside and tons and tons of people here. So I definitely draw inspiration from just being here. I also like to go camping a lot and when I do, I get inspiration there from being in nature, from thinking and being with my thoughts in like a quiet place. I think space in general, like my room, it's like pink and blue and all decorated and it helps me get into the creative process too, being in here because it's like my safe little thinking room. So yeah, environment definitely affects my writing for sure. And what are you doing this Pride Month? I'm just hanging out at home. I don't like to go out and do Pride Parade and stuff. It's just not my thing. But I do like to support from home. And I've been watching a lot of queer media and supporting queer artists, which is a really good way to support people in the LGBTQ communities, supporting art, because a lot of us are artists. And yeah, that's what I've been doing Pride Month. I've got some shows at the end of the month with Hobo Johnson. So I'll be playing a lot of queer music there. <laughs> so yeah, you talk about other artists or other musicians or just amazing people in general that you have maybe drawn inspiration from or strength or you know something that you could build upon that helped you find your way forward yeah I have a lot of artists that inspired me I was super into Paramore as a kid because it was my first time finding a really strong female lead to a band and who wasn't afraid to say what they were thinking and that was really cool to find them I draw a lot of inspiration from Ash Nico because they're such a cool and unique presence and their music is just getting weirder and weirder which I love I love weird music I draw inspiration from I guess anyone that I find performing live when I'm touring I love to watch them perform and it inspires me a lot because they're also in the same path that I am and it's cool to see what they do on the stage that I also get to be on. Yeah and we talked a little bit about becoming comfortable on the stage. So how do you get that intimacy because you're creating these connections where your audience is maybe even coming up to you afterwards and saying that resonated with me or crying or having this personal. You have to break through these inefficient. So what was that process like? I think for me being in a crowd and going out with people is a little different from being on stage which sounds silly. Some people are like how can you do that if you hate like I hate going to concerts myself. It's like one of my most hated things, which is very funny because I'm a musician. That's what I do. I love touring. But I think it's because I'm on the other side of it. I don't have to stand and watch someone and think about what I'm doing with my body and how I'm being perceived. And also it's too loud. And now I have to cover my ears and everyone's going to stare at me. Things like that. When I'm on stage, I'm just in my own little zone and I get to just talk to people without them talking back, which is also nice because I don't have to worry about maybe continuing a conversation. You know, I talk and then I perform and I talk and I perform, which is for me a nice little way of communicating with people. And and talking to people after shows is really nice because usually my fans are the same kind of people as me. So we get along really well. And it's just like a different world from socializing normally, I guess, which is nice because I've been very bad at socializing my whole life. <laughs> but being on stage is where I feel the most safe, I think. And you mentioned earlier that the internet has often helped you in regards to finding your identity. How is the internet helping in regards to in general, as a really young kid, when I didn't have access to forums and stuff like that, I always felt super alone. And I was the weirdo. Always, I was bullied a lot in school. And I felt like no one else in the world was like me. And I felt like I was just doing life wrong and that I was a weirdo who like couldn't be a human. And when I started getting into deviant art and then Facebook and things like that and branching out into the world of people, I started to realize that there are people who get me and that I'm not alone. And I started to learn more about identities and queer culture and stuff like that and learning that I'm I'm not crazy and that I do have a place in the world. So the internet's been a great place to find people that are like-minded for sure. And how have you dealt with 
the societal ideals of masculinity and femininity, because as a non-binary person, you have clearly dealt with both sides of the spectrum. How have you dealt with how society treats both sides of that spectrum? As a young kid, I was kind of a tomboy, just like a nowhere in between before I knew what identity even was, you know. <laughs> and then in high school, I started to feminize myself because that's what fit me into society better. And it worked, but it wasn't me. And it was not right for me. And I started to feel like a person who wasn't really me. And that world of being super feminine, it's definitely night and day difference between from that and when for a while I was super masculine and people were gendering me on like as looking at me, they'd say I was a boy, they'd say. So those two different worlds are very different and how people treated me was like night and day. I definitely got more respect when I was masculine, I'd find from people, especially from men, they were more willing to listen to me and willing to hang out with me and all that without making it weird. And when I was more feminine, it was just like a world of everyone seeing me as either like a trophy or someone to disregard. And now I kind of live in between. I think I get gendered more as a girl. That's the way I dress. I'm somewhere in between. So I just kind of experience both depending on the day and how masculine I'm dressing. And I definitely have experienced the difference in how people are treated on both sides for sure. And recently there have been people, particularly major influencers, who have invalidated the idea of they, them pronouns and have invalidated the idea of non-binary people in general. And you've had those experiences too in regards to people respecting you more when you're masculine. So how do you deal with people invalidating your identity? I think for me personally, I know who I am and I know that I'm me. And so a lot of times it doesn't really bother me because those people don't know me and they're not me. So they couldn't possibly know who I am. I'm not going to let it affect me. What really hurts is when people close to me that I feel like should understand and they just don't get it. That affects me a lot more, I think. And also seeing people say those things, like you said, like influencers and such, and seeing how that affects other people really bothers me because I have a lot of fans who are also non-binary and they're also a lot younger at times. And so they don't have the same community I have in the same like assuredness in who they are. So that can hurt a lot to see how it affects them. And so that's why it's important for me to fight for non-binary rights and the right to just be who you are because who cares what anyone else thinks? You get to live your life and no one else does, you know? We only have a certain amount of time on this planet. So if you spend it worrying about how people think you should identify, then that's just going to mess you up. So that's why I think it's important to fight for it. Yeah, and to fight for it because, you know, we are the stories we tell ourselves, right? It's so important to know your story, to claim your story, to go the inward journey, which you've obviously <laughs> done. And then to bring it out into the world and share as much as you want to share, because otherwise people will put their stories upon you. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. We're looking forward to hearing more of your music. What are you exploring at the moment in terms of your album? I'm working on a lot of stuff that's really weird and different. I've been doing a lot of ABBA-inspired music that's been speaking to me lately. I released a song called Treat Me Better, a song called Fun, and they're both disco-y kind of music, which is really fun to perform on stage. That's why I love to do it. I just make crazy stuff. I don't know. I've been putting a specific album together, but I probably should, so I'll start thinking about that soon. <laughs> but for now, I've just been doing singles and kind of just releasing what feels right in the moment. Yeah, well, I like the singles and I like short stories and things that don't have a short arc because you're a little bit, you're free. You're not having to yes. fit things into this pre-made format. Mm -hmm. And so as you think about the future and some, you know, important teachers or collaborators for you and the importance of the arts, what would you like young people to know, preserve and remember? I think the arts in general, it's important for people to talk about things that they feel are important to them and to not worry about talking about things that people want to hear, I think. People get caught up in that a lot, especially when I'm writing with other people. They get caught up in, oh, people want to hear this. And I'm like, that's not really what I'm making art for. And it can be that, but I don't think that's what makes art important. I think what makes art important is saying and creating things that you think the world needs to see and not what they think that they need to see. Because a lot of times the most beautiful art is stuff that people wouldn't have expected to be beautiful art and they wouldn't have asked for it because they wouldn't have even known if it 
exist. So I think it's important for people to remember that's what art is supposed to be. And that obviously everything in between can also be art. I'm not trying to invalidate what art is. But I think that's a very important way to remember that art is supposed to be a way for you to talk about things that maybe people wouldn't realize is a way to talk about those things. So Definitely. Bringing in the everyday and the mundane and the things that you might think that no one's interested in, that we're afraid to speak about, is <laughs> definitely a way to touch and move us. And you're also involved in other art forms. Yeah, I do all my album covers and I draw a lot and I also write a lot. So is it ever come to you that, I mean, I don't know how you know, oh, this is going to be a song or this is going to be a visual artwork. You know, there's some things you could only say in music and then other things that really didn't need the sound of it. And it was like, that's a visual artwork, definitely. Yeah, I'm not sure how to differentiate when one is more correct. It just kind of comes to me in the moment. Recently, we had the smoke coming through New York from the Canada fires and I drew a piece about that just because it felt right and in the moment music wasn't what came to mind I wasn't like I'm gonna write a song about sitting in the smoke it was more a visual experience for me so that's why I wanted to put it down on paper visually I think just it's whatever in my brain if it feels more visual I'll draw it if it feels more anything else then I'll write it but it's definitely interesting to think about what requires written versus spoken versus visual media I haven't really thought about that it just kind of comes to me I guess when it happens yes well I'm glad you brought in the environmentalism we have also an environmental channel and I think that your generation is definitely facing so many challenges on top of that arts are considered a place of self-expression and then sometimes your generation or all of us do battle if we are in the arts whether to give over our time to our personal self-expression or devote our energies to the greater causes like our Mm -hmm. possible demise on the planet do you ever struggle Mm -hmm. with that definitely i've been doing a lot of activism in my life i was actually an activist against circus animals for my teenage years which was a big thing to me, which I know it seems small, but every little thing matters. I didn't like how they were treated. So I used to just go and hold signs and talk, post about it online and raise awareness. And now circus animals have been banned in a lot of the major circuses, which is really cool to see. I was a vegan for a while and I was an activist for that because of the environmental factors. I've not switched over to, I'm kind of like a pescatarian, I just, but I in general have always felt like a very strong vein of activism in me and a strong need to at least support my community, if nothing else. And so I do think there's a way to balance it. It definitely can be hard. I went through a lot of phases where I'm like, I can't fix the world and it's awful that I can't do anything about it because nothing's going to change it. But I do think it's important for personal mental health too to feel connected to the world by finding a way to feel like you're at least helping a little bit because that can help you feel grounded and give you a purpose in the world because it's not enough to just be alone and to only help yourself all the time. If you help the community around you, then it can really help you feel like you have a meaning. That is a big thing to advocate because the circus animals or sea world or these different things, as the founder of PETA, Ingrid Newkirk, said to me, animals are not there for our entertainment. And I really Mm -hmm. love that conversation because it's so simple, but no matter whatever the animal is, we're animals too. You could just look into their eyes and you can see there's person in there. It's just breaking these barriers. And we're not that different. We are more alike than we are different. We have the struggles. We have the connection to our family and those we love. I'm paraphrasing now, but you know, (laughs) lose our family member, we miss them, our heart breaks. And you Mm -hmm. can see that. So I think that also in your music, you make us see beyond the exterior shell and that kind of thing. There's a person there. And not everyone is non-binary, but in essence, we all are non-binary in a certain sense, at least medical. 
Definitely. Gender is for sure like more respected than we like to admit, I think, for sure. I'm just amazed in how rapidly the change of the mindset change and how within a decade, really, these conversations weren't taking place. And mm-hmm. what was commonplace was a lot of cliches and a lot of misunderstanding. So it's so lovely to hear the music, to read the books, to see the films. And to understand there's this underground that had been flourishing all along, but to have that come to the surface and just see all the talent that's there and all the individuality is really heartening to see. So I really love to share artistry. So it's not all issue driven. It's just Mm -hmm. art that makes us feel. That's awesome. Yes, for sure. I agree. And how long have you been a musician? I mean, in terms of when you realized that was your path. I was in my sophomore year of college and I was in school for pre-medical and it wasn't the right path for me. And I was just doing it because my parents wanted me to make money, which obviously is a thing that a lot of parents want in a kid is to be successful. And also, I didn't really have a path otherwise. I didn't think I could be a musician, even though I wanted to be. It was kind of like a dream that wasn't realistic. So I've been doing music for a few years now. I think, what year is it? 2023? <laughs> Since 2017-ish is when I left college. So that's when I really first decided to do music for real and let it be what guided me, I guess. Talk about your teachers would you have important teachers or influences Definitely, I had an English teacher in high school that was very supportive of the LGBT community, and she was very cool, and she taught me a lot about poetry and all that, which obviously influenced my lyricism and helped me become a huge fan of poetry, which is cool. And she was there for me a lot when I was going through a lot of identity crises and stuff like that. And I was in Florida at the time, so it was where they're not very accepting of us, so she was a cool person to have around. And do you have any upcoming collaborations, or do you have your own sound? But it's always kind of interesting when artists team up with others. Others, they complement each other and bring something else out. Nothing specific planned. Hopefully, I'll have some colors to work with. I don't like water parks. I just toured with them. I want to like remix one of their songs or something like that because they're really cool and they have their own unique sound. That would be cool with mine. But yeah, I'm down for anything. I chill. And if someone wants to work with me, I like their sound. Then I'm like, let's do it. Just I to remind people that they're not alone and that whatever they're going through is not something that it's only them. There's other people in the world who get it. So you don't ever feel like you're a weirdo or like you're alone in what you're dealing with. There's people like me who get it. My fans are called the Bubblegum Soldiers and they get it. So they're not alone. It's really important to remember. Where did this name Bubblegum Soldiers come from? So early on, I like to think of my music as kind of a way of fighting for people who don't have a voice. And I still like to think of that. And I think that a lot of the bubblegum soldiers are people who are also willing to fight for these people who have no voice. They're all my fans. My fans are just people, a lot of them just get it. And they want to speak out for our fellow community members and people who get the things that we get. So we're kind of cute and bubbly and it kind of just came to light. It wasn't really one specific thing. It just kind of happened. Thank you, Elliot Lee, for being so open and honest. Thank you for sharing your journey, music, and reflections on the arts, reminding us that no matter what our personal struggles, the arts are a place where we can express ourselves and where difference is celebrated. Thank you for adding your voice to the creative process. Thank you so much for letting me. I appreciate it. The Creative Process Podcast is supported by the Jan Mischowski Foundation. This interview was conducted by Mia Funk and Jamie Lammers with the participation of collaborating universities and students. Associate Interviews producer on this episode was Jamie Lammers. Digital media coordinator was Sam Myers. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. If you'd like to get involved with our creative community exhibitions, podcasts, or submit your creative works for review, just drop us a line at team at creativeprocess.info. Thanks again for listening.
Searching my whole life for labels that define my mind, but really I live life in multitudes. Why should I cut off and take away to be okay? I wanna stay still. I wish that. 